0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 22 as we finish our study about the greatest needs that anyone has, which are the needs of the heart, especially hearts that are unresponsive, unrepentant, needy, and longing. We want to thank you for your listenership and support of the Friendship with God radio program. You can always support us by going online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, and donate and support us online so we can continue airing this Bible teaching, Old Testament teaching radio program on your station in your city. Now, Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, invites you, the listener, to reach your lost Jewish friends. Now, Tom Cantor offers your Jewish friends his life story on DVD and in a booklet form, and we'll send that to you to give to them or mail that anonymously to them. Now, I'll give you the number in just a moment to call, but we also want to encourage you to call us if you see any Israeli or Jewish workers that are working in malls at Christmas and Hanukkah time that are out selling products at kiosks. As you run into them while you're shopping, some of them sell curling irons, dead sea salts, and other various items. And they're working in malls near you. We want to send them a free gospel Hebrew gift from Tom Cantor, and we'll send that to you so you can give that to them while they're working in the mall. Now, you can obtain this free gift for your lost Jewish people or Israel, who's right here in America that needs to be reached at Christmas and Hanukkah time, by calling 800 247 3051-800-247-3051. Here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on Friendship with God.
1: Say the words of Psalm 4814. This God is our God forever and ever. He'll be our guide even unto death. That means we can study the wonders of biology and genetics of the cell and lift up our hands and go, this is so amazing. And we can say, this God is our God and he'll be our God even unto death. He's our God. Be our God even unto death. And you remember the story during the communist times in Russia when there was, the professor came to the class of the 12-year-old kids and took a Bible and said, Now, I've read this Bible now, and I'm here to tell you that it's full of lies and myths and fairy tales, and it's not true. And then he's challenged the class, and he said, Is there anybody in this class that still believes this book, the Bible? He's holding up the Bible. And a little 12-year-old girl stands up. And he comes up and says, come up here. He's gonna, and he rails on her and says, you know, you're stupid, you're a fool, and how can you believe this book is full of fairy tales? What do you have to say for yourself? And the little girl looks at him and says, that's what you get for reading someone else's mail. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this God is our God. <laughs> this book is a letter to us from our God. Now, there's also the need of the weak heart a heart that is weak. And in Jeremiah 31, 25, he provides when he says, for I have satiated the weary soul. The Lord provides satisfaction for the need of the weak heart. Psalm 103, 11 through 14 as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, he says, as far as the east is from the west. See, he didn't say from the north to south, because if you go north, you'll eventually come to south. But if you go east, you'll never come to west. <laughs> anyway, as far as the east is from the west, he said, that's how far has he removed our transgressions. Like as the father pitieth his children... So the Lord pitieth them that fear him, for he knoweth our refrain, he remembereth that we are dust. He remembers that. See, how does he provide for the weak heart? He provides by giving great mercy. In great mercy, he provides his great mercy for the weak heart. He provides for great removal of sins, for the need of the weakened heart that's been weakened by sin. He provides tender pity as a father, for the need of the weak heart. And he provides his memory. He remembers how weak we are and for the need of the weak heart. But I have prayed for thee, he says in Luke twenty-two, thirty-two. 32. I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, what did he say? Sorry? Um, strengthen, thy brethren. strengthen thy brethren. See, he says, when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. So the Lord provides other strengthening Christians for the need of the weak heart. Luke twenty-two forty-two. he says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared unto him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. So he provides angels to strengthen the weak heart. Now there's sometimes the depressed heart, and the depressed heart has the needs. The Bible uses the term being cast down to describe depression, as it says in Psalm 42:5, Why art thou cast down? He could have said, Why art thou depressed? O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for his help of his countenance. So the Lord provides us with the ability to praise him for the need of the depressed heart. In Psalm 42, 6, it goes on, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the Hermonites from the land, from the hill Mitzar. So the Lord provides us with memory, when we put the word of God and the historical accounts into our minds, he provides us with memory so that we can pull ourselves out of depression by praising him for what he's done in the past. Then there's the fearful heart, the need of the fearful heart. Luke 12, 32, he speaks about the fearful heart. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, the kingdom's not going to be wrenched out of the Father's hands. I don't want to give it. it says, it's a good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Lord provides us with the joyful gift. It's His joy to give us the kingdom for what? For the need of the fearful heart. But in Isaiah 43, 1 through 2, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and He that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the water, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So the Lord provides for the need of the fearful heart redemption. He provides a call by name. He provides his claim of ownership. He provides his presence through the waters, through the fire, all for the need of the fearful heart. Then there's the heart that's just shaky. There's the heart that's unsure, that the heart that is no confidence. And so he says in Proverbs 3.26, for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. So for the need of the unsure heart, the Lord provides himself for his for protection and promise that he'll keep them. Then there's the proud heart. And there's the need of the proud heart. And what does the Lord do for the need of the proud heart? 1 Peter 5, 6, Humble thyself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So the Lord provides his mighty hand, his mighty humbling hand, for the need of the proud heart. Then there's the need of the defiled heart. He said, out of the heart of man proceed evil things. That's a defiled heart. That's a dirty heart. And so what is he, how does he provide for the need of the defiled heart? In Psalm 51.10, when David had a defiled heart, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. He provides a creation of a new heart, a cleansing, a renewal for the need of the defiled heart. In Isaiah 118, he says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So he provides for the defiled heart an invitation to a meeting place. The meeting place is the cross. He provides an invitation to meet at the cross and repent of the sins and have the defiled heart be cleansed. In Zechariah 13:1, for the need of the defiled heart. In that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for two things, for sin and for uncleanness. See, the Lord provides his own blood as the cleansing fountain for the need of the defiled heart. And that fountain, which is open for the defiled heart, not only cleanses from the defilement of sin, but it provides for one more need, the offense of the sin or forgiveness. Which brings us to the next heart, which is the need of the unforgiven heart. The need of the unforgiven heart, that's the verse we just read. And that's the whole point when it says there in Leviticus 17, 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls first, the blood that makes an atonement for the soul see that verse is saying the same thing in Hebrews 9 22 without shedding of blood there's no remission see the need of the unforgiven heart is blood the unforgiven heart needs blood blood from a sinless sacrifice we're not sinless so we don't qualify nobody is sinless so no one qualifies so God says I have given it to you on the altar. And the Lord Jesus Christ was the son that was given, and his blood was given. It was provided, provided, provided. So that means that God provides his own blood to make an atonement for the need of the unforgiven heart. Then there's the need of the ashamed heart, the exposed heart. Not only does sin make a person defiled and unforgiven, but sin makes the heart exposed and ashamed And the result is the need of the ashamed or exposed heart. And for that, God says in Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me. With the garments of salvation, he hath covered me. See, so you get that? He hath clothed me. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So for the need of the ashamed and the exposed heart, God provides the garments of salvation, the robe of righteousness. So that verse emphasizes there what God's done. He hath covered me. He hath clothed me. Those statements carry us back to what we study when God, what God did for Adam and Eve, when it said in Genesis 3.21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and, last two words, clothe them. He made the coats of skins and then he clothed them in it. He put them on it. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. That's what he did. And that's why Paul could say in Romans 13, 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. So what happens? For the need of the ashamed or exposed heart, he has provided the covering of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Righteousness. righteousness. And when we read in Isaiah sixty one ten, he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Of course, we ask the question, what righteousness is that? And Paul answers that in Philippians 3.19, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. When I stand before the throne, clothed in beauty not my own, when I see thee as thou art, love thee with unsinning heart, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. Then there's the need of the sinful heart or the corrupt heart. The sinfulness and the corruption of man's heart is described in Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? That means the heart of man wants to sin. He enjoys sinning. Man's heart is corrupt. Man's heart is shot. Man's heart is so corrupt and shot, it's not repairable. There's only one thing to do with man's corrupt heart. It has to be replaced. And God provides for that, as he said in Ezekiel 11:19, 19. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I'll take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. God provides for the need of the sinful stony heart by just replacing it. You know, It's like the mechanic with the car. He says, I'll take out the stony heart. I'll put a new one in. And he says in Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh, that goes in the trash barrel, and I'll give you a heart of flesh.
0: We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God in just one moment. Now, our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, is not just a teacher, pastor, pastor, Scientist, CEO, and 2009 Whistleblower of the Year Award recipient winner. He is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism ministry that has reached millions of lost Jewish people around the world, from the U.S. to South America to Israel, and we've reached them with the gospel and Jewish materials so that they too might be saved. Now, Tom Cantor is a Jewish born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, And we want to reach other Tom Cantors that need to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We do that through free gospel gifts and messages that we offer for free. You can help us by supporting this Bible teaching radio program by calling us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. You
1: know, last week I took my 1989 Mercedes to France. Franz, the Mercedes repair guy. So everybody should have a Franz to repair his Mercedes. (laughs) My car is only worth about, I don't know, a few thousand dollars. And every time the repair bill comes back, it's more than the car was worth. But But I like it. So, you know, Franz fixes it. And so this time he told me, you drove with the parking brake on. You ruined the parking brake. And I asked him, can't you just repair it? He said, no, it has to be replaced. He says, it's pulverized. And we come to God and we ask if our sinful heart can be repaired. And God says, no, it has to be replaced. And so like Franz, he says, you know, I'll take the old one out. I'll put the new one in. And God says in Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will I give you. So he provides a new heart. He provides us, and not only provides a new heart, it's parts and labor <laughs> so he provides and he installs it too and he says i'll put the new heart within you all right so that's how he provides for the sinful heart then there's the need of the seeking heart there's the heart that's just looking for god and that's a great need and god says for the need of the seeking heart i will provide he says in jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. See, he provides himself to be found. You know, it's like, you know, hide and seek, where are you? God steps out from the bush, say, right here. So that's how he provides for the need of the seeking heart. Then there's the need of the hard heart, the hard heart, the heart that's hard toward God because of pride. He provides for the need of the hard heart, as he did with Belshazzar, king of Persia, where it says in Daniel 5.20, but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. So, what does he do? Mighty hand of God. Humbling. Then there's the need of the unresponsive heart. The heart that just doesn't think that it needs God. There's unresponsive heart, and he's quite happy with his life. Thank you very much. He doesn't see himself as needing God, and God provides for the needs of this unresponsive heart when he says in Revelation 3.15, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. See, that's a cold heart. That's the unresponsive heart. And no, it's not that thou art poor, rich, and blind, and, and naked, and so forth. I counsel thee provision number one to buy of me gold tried in the fire thou mayest be rich white raiment thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear Anoint thine eyes with eyesal of them may see as many as I love are rebuked and chastened be zealous therefore and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice open the door I'll come into him and sup with him he with me to him that overcometh Will I grant to sit with me at my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne? So for the need of the unresponsive heart, God provides, number one, counsel, come to him. He provides, number two, himself standing outside the door knocking. And then he provides a special incentive, a special reward. He says, if you overcome this, he says, I'll let you sit with me in my throne. Wow. Then there's the need of the hungry heart, the thirsty heart, the heart that has tried all the world has to offer and has surfaced up from after it all and says, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, it didn't satisfy. The need of the hungry and thirsty heart, God provides in John 7, 37, in that day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So for the need of the thirsty heart, he provides this welcome, this invitation to come to him. In John six thirty-five, Jesus said unto him, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. So the need of the hungry heart, he provides himself, as he calls the bread of life. Jesus, John four thirteen. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Verse 14, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, or her, shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Then there's the need of the unrepentful heart. The heart that knows that they're sinning, and they know they're not obeying God, but it doesn't feel repentful. It doesn't want to repent. The heart that says, I know I'm sinning, and I know I should feel sorry for my sin, but repentance, no. I know it's wrong, but I'm rather enjoying it. And so that's the need of the unrepentful heart. And for that need, God provides in Acts 5.31, Him hath God highly exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a Savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. To come to God and say, i got a problem. I'm sinning. I don't feel sorry. I don't feel repentful. Help me. And God says, I'll give you the repentance. Then there's the need of the longing heart. There's the need of the longing heart. The heart that's really reaching out for satisfaction. And God says in Psalm 107, verses 8 through 9, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works, the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So he, all anyone has to do is to ask God for his help and he'll come, he provides for the need of the unbelieving heart, of the faithless heart, of the sorrowful heart of the discouraged heart, the weak heart, the depressed heart, the fearful heart, the unsure heart, the proud heart, the defiled heart, the sinful heart, the seeking heart, the hard heart, the cold heart, the unresponsive heart, the hungry heart, the unrepentful heart, the longing heart. Is there anything we missed? God provides for the needs of man's greatest need, which is the heart. Now. We read now in verse 12 that God says, He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know the fearest God, seeing thus not withheld thy son. So God wanted a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. But he didn't want the outward sacrifice of Isaac. He wanted the inward sacrifice, which he got when he said, Now I know of Abraham. Abraham means father of nations. And Abraham was a great father. And what Abraham did on Mount Moriah showed Abraham was a great father because a great father did not withhold his son Isaac from God. Abraham was a great father because Abraham loved God more than his son. And that's what made him a great father. And a father is a great father when he's like Abraham and he loves God more than his children. And when God got what he wanted, he said, now I know. Now I know. It shows. It's all the. It's real easy to sing praises to God and say, "Yeah, everything's going my way." So it's real easy then, right? But when the storms of life come and we experience it, that's when the test comes, as is Proverbs twenty-four ten says: "If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small." And the word "small" there in Hebrew means narrow. It's narrow, like, a, like the second ground Christian who rejoices, but then when affliction comes, falls away. Not withheld thy son. When the rabbis, the 70 rabbis translated, and when they translated the Bible from Hebrew to Greek, the word they used for with not withheld thy son is the same word that Paul used in Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered us from us all. How shall he not also give us all things? In verse 13, we see Abraham, what he did in verse 13. And he, God told him, don't kill Isaac, verse 13. It's very interesting what's said and what is not said. But well, what we see in verse 12 is that, is that Abraham was stopped from offering Isaac. But then in verse 13, the next thing it says is that he lifts up his eyes and he sees a ram. And after he sees the ram, he offers the ram. Now, between the Abraham seeing the ram and Abraham offering the ram, what is not said? What's not said is you don't hear God say, go offer the ram. He doesn't say that. It's amazing that he wasn't told to go offer the ram, but he just went and offered the ram. And we ask the question, how did he know he should offer the ram? Because he prayed. In essence, Abraham prayed the prayer of Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine: Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Isaac nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt and so he sees the ram and he knew that his prayer has been answered and every sinner who's really convicted of his sin and knows he's facing the wrath of god he prays that same prayer oh my god if it be possible let this this cup for my sins pass from me and then god shows him the lord jesus christ on the cross and he knows he is for me And we started out our study today with the Ethiopian eunuch, and we were impressed, he was impressed, with the silence of the Lord Jesus Christ on the sacrifice. And we've come to the point today of how no one told Abraham how he was to offer the ram in the place of Isaac. And when the Ethiopian eunuch understood that the Lord Jesus Christ was the sacrifice in Isaiah 53, we don't read that Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch, now you need to receive him as your Savior. But what we do read in Acts 8.36, it says, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest in thine heart... With all thine heart thou mayest. And he said unto him, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to sit still. They went both of them into the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Just as Abraham knew that he should offer the ram in the place of Isaac, the Ethiopian eunuch knew that he should make the soul of the Lord Jesus his offering for his sin. And he did. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you did in Abraham and how you brought him out as gold and and for the pictures that we see of the Lord Jesus and the understanding we get, again, because of your precious word. What would we do without your word, Lord? And so we again thank you for today and we hold it today more dearly in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Another fantastic message from Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program as we've studied the scriptures of Genesis chapter 22 with Abraham and Isaac. We want to encourage you to support this Bible teaching radio program by going online to friendshipwithgod.org to donate one time or calling us at 800-247-3051. We can set you up for a one-time donation or a monthly reoccurring donation which helps us to continue airing on this station in this city. Again, 800 800- 247 3051. That's 800 247 3051. You can call us right now, or you can mail in your donation or even an encouraging note or letter to Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, by writing to Friendship with God. That's P.O. Box 711 330. That's Friendship with God. P.O. Box 711 330. Santee, California. That's S A N T E E, Santee, California, 92071. And again, that's Friendship with God, P O Box 711 330, Santee, California, 92071. Or again, call us at 800 247 3051. And we'd like to encourage you to go online to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse that'll come to your phone or to your email. You can also find Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse on Facebook. Just search for Tom Cantor, Friendship with God, and you can also find Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. You can receive your daily devotional verse through Facebook, Friendship with God, Tom Cantor, or Israel Restoration Ministries, all on Facebook. Or for more information, again, call us at 800-247-3051.